Obviously. On the prompt. Federico, how many people are going to die as a result of this week's episode? I, I, I don't endorse the use of alcohol. Welcome to the prompt. A weekly panel discussion on technology and the culture surrounding Apple and related companies. It is January the 22nd, 2014. Welcome back to the world's greatest podcast. My name is Mike Hurley. I am joined today by Mr. Federico Vitici. Hello, Federico. Hey, Mike. How are you doing? I'm very well, sir. And welcome back, Mr. Stephen Hackett. Welcome back to you. No, you didn't leave. No, I didn't leave. I'm here every week. I left. You're not here every week. Pretty much. None of us have a perfect record attendance. I think mine is the best, though. Probably. Yeah, because you basically leave by the microphone. Yes. <laughs> I, bet, uh, I sit in front of it all the time. Sometimes when I sit down at my computer, I pull the microphone down from the boom arm. I'm like, oh, poor me. Like, I'm not, do, even, oh. I'm not even recording. Like, I just pull do, it down. Do you ever talk to yourself? Like, when you, when you don't have any podcasts, like, you just pull down the mic and start talking. <laughs> just out of habit, yeah. I guess. I don't know. Or I think that's you're the like, day <laughs> when I've finally gone crazy. <laughs> Like you're reading an article on Mac rumors and you like pull down the boom mic like Federico, what do you think about <clears throat> like you look around and it's just you and your Xbox. Like, and then the Xbox oh. turns on because I said Xbox. Yeah. Oh video games. Thanks for bringing those up, Steven. So okay. The one time I I was I missed the show and you guys talked about Nintendo for about four hours, which is great. It was a it was a, it was a great episode. I missed last week, and you guys, this I, so all of a sudden, like the prompt account, which is tied to my phone, is like blowing up. Like, yes, we want a video game podcast. I'm like, what is happening? <laughs> That's because you shouldn't keep no- notifications for mentions. I mean, who does that? I only do it on that account. Hmm. I don't do it for my own. So much about the show, right? That's why I just turn it off. There's quite I care quite a lot I, of followers on that that account now. More than um. We, we should to. try to we should try <laughs> to boost our, our our engagement or our social presence with with a, with some serious social social media. Uh, oh God, I need another buzzword. Uh, uh, like the I don't know. We should try some fancy tools to become more engaged with our r- listeners. Okay, I'm gonna tweet from the show account right now. What should we tweet? <laughs> yeah, that that sounds about right. That's yeah, a dear really listeners. Nice. That's Please that's the nice, that's the right RT engagement or star <laughs> if you would like to receive a DM of Vitici in a hot tub. <laughs> Are you serious reading this? All I have to do is enter, buddy. And I'll so have to Mike, sign it. So M- forward slash sh hashtag engagement <laughs> i'm gonna nice. send it and people are gonna be very confused until the show comes out nice so nice. The, the twitter account is underscore the prompt if you want to follow it so mike let me yes. ask you mm. while steven is busy tweeting oh, i'm gonna retweet his... it look look the look the prompt my favorite po- apple podcast just tweeted let me retweet it <laughs> that that's engagement so um so mike did you buy ocarina of time like i like i told you yes are I, you are you playing it? I haven't started yet. Okay, but I'm going to. So I've I bought Ocarina of Time. It's downloaded onto my 3ds. I bought it from the eShop. That's um, the worst name for a. It's an electronic shop. 
But exactly. Don't call it that. <laughs> <laughs> Man, people are favoriting this. I can feel it. Oh, favorite. I think that I think that the name is is the. It's not the real problem of the, of the eShop. <laughs> I no. mean, that's another discussion. <laughs> is it terrible? I'm not familiar. Why don't we... Stephen, let's take you, you down a, a little path here. And we'll Wait, talk have we about... played the follow-up sound effect already? No, because it's... Well, yes. Follow-up. <laughs> follow-up. <clears throat> I just did it. <clears throat> I mixed some new sound effects this weekend. I tweeted one of them. And so like, I have that sound effect in my head because it's actually like multiple tracks in GarageBand to make that sound. Yeah, I have a follow-up about one of the sound effects for you, which I'll, I will shoot to you later on. Um, so we have a lot of other follow-up, which is coffee-related. Oh, yeah. So um, <laughs> our first tweet-based follow-up is from rjames86. And in reference to Federico's double coffee, or student coffee, um, we have here from Ryan... He has said, in the States, we call the student coffee a red eye, which is a shot of coffee in an Americano. Yeah. That, that, that seems that about right. Ter- that sounds terrible. It just sounds horrible. <laughs> no. I, th- I think it's a nice idea. I haven't tried it personally, but I'm, I'm eager to, to try it. We and should you know, do it. We should do it live. I do it. So I've done uh, drinking of beverages live on the air for the first time. Mike, do you do you remember Iron Brew? Iron Brew. Mike and I used to have a show called Ungenius, and um, uh, Iron Brew is a soft drink. That's uh, do you have it in Italy, Federico? Iron Brew, orange, nice. soft drink. Mm, no, I don't think uh, so. So our podcast was really we went in depth. So we had two episodes about a soft drink, and. Uh, one of them, I actually bought Iron Brew on Amazon and drank it live on the air. So that that's a thing that happened. Mm-hmm. I think that I want to try the student coffee. Like maybe what next week when there's the the Apple earnings call, I'm gonna make a student coffee and I'm gonna I'm gonna listen to Tim Cook and I'm gonna see what happens. I think you, you gonna- do some serious analysis during that. Time. Yeah. I'm gonna be. I'm gonna turn into an Asimco, just making charts and graphs, powered by coffee. D- did you know that Dunkin' Donuts in the in the states called calls the the red eye the the student coffee whatever the turbo. So do they actually sell it? Can you go in there and buy? I it? think so. It's I one think of, maybe so. it's one of those off menu type things. Right. There's a Dunkin' Donuts around the corner from a house. I could go find out. Sure, you go do that, and we'll talk about you guys video, games. video games. Yeah, I'll be. I think I'll it's called the du- the Dunkin' Turbo. It, it, Seriously, I, I I not I'd like coffee. I drink coffee most mornings, but I feel like this particular combination of chemicals would probably just stop my heart. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I need to update you on our social brand engagement. Uh. Strategy. Okay. okay. Um, our tweet already has... You actually 11, tweeted this. Yeah. I did. It has 11 favorites and six retweets and two replies, <laughs> one of which is from Time Recoalicing, <laughs> saying, you should already know that I want this hashtag that's business. See, what's nice about this tweet <laughs> is that it's a callback to a joke from an older episode. So 
He is a timer coalescing, he, she, whatever a koala is, uh, deeply entrenched in the prompt uh, brand engagement chart. I have both now retweeted and favorited this uh, tweet, and I'm also going to favorite the tweet from <laughs> Timer Coalescing. This you know is what you should do? You should, you should do one of those crazy photoshops, like of my, just my head inside the hot tub. It's kind of creepy, right? Actually, I know, I know how we could start that image. Let me find this. Um, I keep a folder of images called Internet Jokes. I'm going to ask you guys a question. Is, <laughs> what yeah. what is happening? Is this the show? <laughs> so I'm uh, going to carry on while you guys are doing whatever it is that you're doing. So we have another tweet from Mikey uh, Reach, Reach uh, following up from the um, the iPhone anniversary episode. Um, and he's, he's done a little bit of research for us. And he's saying Apple wanted 1% market share for the iPhone, which is circa 10 million. Units. They almost did that, which was circa 9 million units in the first weekend with the iPhone 5S. So it shows how over the years, um, this what seeming what seemed like an insane goal that Apple set for themselves has now just become a first weekend sales type affair. So it's just interesting to see how that has changed over time. So thank you, Mikey, for sending in that, that research, which um, I believe that is correct, but you could have made up for all I know, but I'm going to trust that you've got it right. <laughs> we didn't actually follow up on the follow-up. Um, we also asked, um, me and Federico were inquiring if a Vitici seal of quality could exist, as in the Nintendo seal of quality. And of course, our friend, Mr. Forgotten Tal, um, on Twitter, created the Vitici seal of quality. And yeah. I'll put that in the show notes too, so you can take a look at it. Another I good example. Uh, this one is engagement. awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hi. <laughs> I, I, wish I, I wish I could have... Um, a, a reusable version like a png file so i could like stamp it on things that i like okay Did so you guys, do you guys remember the the old stamped app that yahoo bought oh, last year yeah. two years ago people used to be crazy about that thing like stamping things every day i guess i guess that that's the reason why yahoo bought it right because people were using it i, I can't know. believe that they they bought that because by the time that that was Bought. Nobody was using that app anymore. Yeah. <laughs> the engagement was too low. Yeah, the user engagement was down, yeah. so Yahoo swooped in. Yeah. Okay, well, that's good, perfect. It was a cool so, idea. I mean... It, yeah. Was he? Really? Was he? I don't, I don't know. know. I'm trying to... <laughs> Save I'm trying to plus K in positive, positive thinking. So, yeah, it, it would be really nice um, if such a thing existed, so we would be able to place the Vitici seal of quality on many many items yeah i would i would stamp your forehead mike because i really like you <laughs> sure sure <laughs> 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 and then there will be steven and mm. then even, you know a couple of other things i like the the koala account it, i don't even know where to go with mm. this yeah it's just I'm showing appreciation that, for you. Do you know you. what? As well, that they would look. They would be some pretty, some pretty sweet stickers. Yeah, they would be. Because you, it, so you could put them on physical things. Like think if about, you like a car, you could just like put the yep. sticker on the car as you walk by. Think yeah, about user engagement. Yeah, because there's all this. You know, there's all this talk stickers. about. 
I'm sorry, Mike. I just got too excited about this idea. There's all this talk about the the, the Internet of Things, and we we could like make the the Vitici of Things, where you can you just go and stamp things that you like, and then somehow these things are all connected, and then someday you achieve like a post-apocalyptic scenario. These things actually know what they are. <laughs> This is uh, this is getting weird, guys. I I need a, I need a double coffee. I need a Dunkin' Turbo. What about Steven, a picture? Steven, of me can in the you hot go? Tub? Can you go order me a Dunkin' Turbo, please? <laughs> and then I'll mail it to you. <laughs> yeah, you should drink it for me. Yeah. Um, I can send you a picture of me and is what is definitely my body in a hot tub. That's the closest I can get. Mike, I'm sorry that we got a little off topic. Yeah, Mike, can you rein this back in and tell us about some friends of ours? Yeah, will that calm you guys down? That'd be good. Okay. So let's take a quick break to thank our friends over at Squarespace for helping support this week's episode of The Prompt. Squarespace, you know these guys. They're amazing. They give you absolutely everything you need. They are the all-in-one platform. They make it fast and easy to create your own website for a free trial and 10% off. Go to squarespace.com and use the offer code TALLYHO1. That's T-A-L-L-Y-H-O and the number one. Squarespace is constantly updating their platform with new features, designs, and more support. They have beautiful templates that you can get started with and tons of style options for you to adjust so you can really create your own space online. Line. Squarespace take care of hosting, SEO, and even make sure that your site looks fantastic on any device. It's super easy to use, but if you need any help, there are over 70 dedicated employees and their customer care team that are based in New York City, which is where Matt is right now. Hi, Matt. Squarespace truly cares about design, and it really shows throughout their whole site, which they're always updating with cool like yeah, examples of how to create Squarespace sites. They have a beautiful blog as well, which is blog.squarespace.com, but they're, they're sort of care for design also shows through with the back-end system so you know the admin panel where you're making tweaks to your site and stuff like that that all looks fantastic as well as does the two brand new ios apps for squarespace customers squarespace blog which lets you easily draft post review your posts and you can lay out stuff really easily you can tap and drag images all in squarespace blog to make things really easy for you to get content up on your squarespace site and they also have squarespace metrics which allows you to monitor your website analytics page views, unique visitor information. They also give you projections of this and also some really cool charts as well for all of your sites over at Squarespace. As I said earlier, you can go and try out Squarespace for free. There's literally no credit card required to sign up for their free trial. And if you decide to purchase, it starts at just $8 a month and includes a domain name if you sign up for a year or more. And make sure that you get 10% off and help support this show by using the code TALLYHO1. That's T-A-L-L-Y-H-O and the number one. So thank you so much to Squarespace for supporting 5x5 and for their continued support of the prompt. Hello. Mm. Hello, Mike. So uh, yesterday, as we record this, it's the 22nd um, of January 2014, as I mentioned at the top of the show, um, Beats Music was launched. Hmm. Now, um, I have not been able to get access to Beats Music, which I will get to in a bit, but I know that, Federico, you've had some time to play around with Beats Music. And we kind of wanted to mention this because we had our epic music episode a couple of weeks ago. We were talking about all these streaming services. So I guess it might be kind of nice to uh, to, to sort of to follow up a little bit because we've got a new player in the game. Yeah, so um, Beats, the the headphone company, 
they bought the old uh, Mog music service uh, last year, I guess, 2012 or 13, I can't remember. But instead of continuing to support Mog, they're shutting down Mog in April because they have built this thing called Beats Music, which is a music streaming service. But unlike Spotify or RDO and uh, other services that we mentioned, Beats is focused on... I mean, it, it's got the basics, right? You can search for songs, you can stream them, you can download songs offline, you can follow people, you can be followed, you can create playlists. It's got all the basic features of a streaming service. But unlike others, Beats uh, created this team of um, music editors, actual people working uh, at the Beats office who are constantly picking music, making playlists. So it's really focused on human creation. The entire point of Beats Music is that they want to combine the, the classic aspects of music streaming from Spotify and Audio and, and Pandora and iTunes Radio, but they want to also bring the user these kind of features uh, about curation and selection, mixing the human aspect, so people who know music, people who know how to combine music with uh, algorithms and computers. So... An example of this is that when you log into the Beats Music app for iPhone, because by the way, Beats Music doesn't have an iPad app right now. When you when you open the app, you're not greeted with a with a classic, I don't know, new releases or top charts or heavy rotation page that you may find on Spotify or audio. You see the this view that is called just for you, which is a, a mix of playlists of albums of uh, artists which are picked by the by the beats team and also put together by a computer and and it's interesting because instead of having the the, uh, the a normal playlist so i don't know best oasis songs you get stuff like uh 2014 grammy nominees or Bands influenced by Oasis or intro to Nine Inch Nails. So it's really specific and it's really, I think that you can feel that there are people actually doing this because all these playlists have a, have a description and they tell you who put it together. So if it's a playlist done by the Beats team, you see the little Beats profile. If it's a playlist picked by something else, you see the username of that of that of the person. So, uh, for instance, here I have an album um, by Nora Jones and another by uh, Beastie Boys and another by Beyonce. It's a nice mix of music there, Federico. Yeah, and and just scrolling to the bottom, I get Justin Timberlake and Bright Eyes, and these are bands that I actually like because if I keep scrolling, I get Oasis and Afex Twin and I don't know, just. Oh, Pulp, Nine Inch Nails. So it's really, they want to bring you the, the normal, traditional music streaming stuff. But they also want to combine these, uh, all these f normal features that you're used to with, uh, with the creation aspect. And I guess as we, this is really the focus of, uh, of the Beats Music CEO, Ian Rogers, uh, who has been working for pretty much all his life on music creation and 
and trying to connect bands and artists with uh, with their fans. So, for instance, you can you can follow other bands, you can follow other artists, and the uh, I think that the creative officer of Beats Music is Trent Reznor from Nine Inch Nails and what's the name of the other projects? How to Destroy Angels? Mike, can you help me? No. You, you assume that I can't. Me. You assume that I can't help you. Can you help him? Am I right, Steven? I can't help you. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, how to destroy angels? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, so Trent Reznor is the is the creative officer of this of this service. So, um, I I shouldn't be able to use the app because I don't live in the US, but through some. <clears throat> Tricks. I was able to to get into the to create an account. There is a, a free seven day trial, so I haven't uh, signed up yet. But you can use all the features. You can try for seven days, and then you can decide. And there are some things that I really like. For instance, they are really transparent and upfront about the kind of beat rate that you're gonna get from Beats Music. So it's uh, 320 kilobits per second. Of audio normally under Wi-Fi, it's the high-quality MP3 file that you get from Beats Music. There are limitations. If you are on 3G, you get a lower-quality version, but you can decide to always get the the high-quality stream. So it's kind of like Spotify from this point of view. Uh, you can you can download songs offline. You can um, create playlists and share them with friends. And there's this really cool thing. I don't know if you, if you guys have played with it, Mike. I'm sure that you haven't. I'm sorry. I don't want to troll you, but there's this thing called the the sentence, which is basically um, kind of a way to start a radio station, but not starting from an artist or a song or an album like you can do on Pandora or iTunes Radio. You really start from a sentence, so you can be like, uh, "I'm at home, and I wanna save the world." with my girlfriend listening to hip-hop, which shouldn't make sense because it's really a series of... It's, it's some pieces of human language put together don't really make sense, but they do when you listen to, to the songs that come up in mm. Beats Music. Or you can do stuff like, I'm in the car and I'm driving with my friends uh, and we want to listen to classic rock. Uh, or last night, um, I went to sleep a bit late, like 5 a.m., so I did, this, yeah, I did this. Yeah, I did this. I did this playlist. So uh, in the in the sentence view, I did. Um, I'm in bed, and I feel like dreaming. Uh, oh God, what was it? And I, I'm in bed, and I feel like dreaming with my lover to <laughs> to <laughs> hardcore hip, to hardcore hip hop. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Federico! So, so Federico, you can really, that's beautiful. Yeah. So you can really play around with this. There is gapless playback so when you listen to songs they just keep playing you never hear the gap between them like on audio which really sucks and there's a lot of cool stuff it's the app is really nicely put together it's kind of reminiscent of the old mug app for iphone if you if you ever try that but i mean it's it's really well done on ios 7 it's got this custom uh playback controls there are some things that I don't like. There's no iPad app. There's no 
it's US only, Mike, as you may have noticed. Uh, there is no, there, in spite of all these mix of curation and algorithm, algorithms, there is no simple way to just hit play on a, on a radio station based on, on your thesis. Like on radio, you have the, the your, your FM right? station that simply takes all the music that, that the service thinks you like and it's just a general automated playlist for you. There's no single automatic station here. You have to decide between the stuff that Beats Music recommends you. There is no history view. I'm a, I, as I told you guys in the, in the in the music streaming episode, I'm really a fan of uh, RDO's history tab where you can see all the songs that you listen to. So you cannot get it here. And and from what I've seen so far, there is no new releases section. So I'm on when I'm on on audio. I'm, I really like the fact that every Tuesday uh, there are new songs and new albums. Uh, I didn't see this kind of page in the in the Beats Music app. To conclude, Mike, and I'm and I'm gonna leave you to your complaints about the sign up process. I think that this is, has a lot of potential. Because I, I really believe in, in the Beats Music uh, vision, especially because of, of his CEO. And um, he's been working on music for over 20 years. He, he was the, basically the, the, the web manager, the, the project of all web-related, the, the manager of all, of all web-related projects from, for the Beastie Boys back in the, in the 90s. And uh, he's been working on Topspin, which was a, uh, which is a service to connect bands and, and artists with, with with their fan base. So he really knows uh, every side of the of the music business. He, he used to be a fan of Beastie Boys, and and then he was picked by the Beastie Boys because he created the first website for them back when the internet was a was a new thing. So he's been a fan, he's been on the road with, with, with bands, he's been working with labels, he's been working with indie artists, so he really knows what he's doing, I think, I hope. And, 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 uh, and I really like the way that they are presenting the service. I mean, if you read the, the support documents, if you read the blog posts, you can see that these guys are really into creating some, a business that is profitable and that lasts. And the last aspect that I want to mention is that unlike other services, Beats doesn't have, and, and they say that they will never have uh, an ad-supported business. There's just a seven-day free trial. After that, if you want to use Beats Music, you're go- you have to pay um, $10 a month. If you don't want to pay for Beats Music, you cannot use it. So, And that, that sets re- them... I mean that sets them really far apart from you know Spotify's or not, yeah. uh, Spotify's kind of doing the opposite right now right they're making yeah. more things free. Yeah, the funny yeah, thing which... was in the last couple of weeks to to try and preempt Beats Music, both Spotify and Audio have launched um, new additions to their free streaming. So you can now get free streaming practically everywhere with Spotify, and on Audio you can get free streaming on the web now. Which is which is my main doubt about Beats Music. Um, I'm wondering: is there really room for another music service that that doesn't have a free version 
that is focused on on curation and and uh, people recommending music that they think are worth listening to do people care about that do teenagers and 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 normal people who, who are not necessarily into music or into dedicated websites like pitchfork or spin or rolling stone do they really care about all these uh, curation aspect like the, the 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 idea that there are people giving you the best music or new music or music that you don't know this is one of my main, da- main dabs and um and I, and i also wonder if all these um you know uh celebrity endorsements and all the third party support for beats music because as i said pitchfork as an account uh rolling stone spin all these music magazines have an, have an account on on beats music and they recommend them music and make playlists for people uh there's will i am the the you know the black eyed peas and 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 uh independent i guess solo artist is what i was looking for uh, will i am is endorsing uh, beats music uh, there's there are a lot of other celebrity endorsements and and i guess also uh, commercials in the us mm-hmm. i think that there's gonna be a super bowl commercial at some point i i don't know when the the game is probably during the super bowl Probably during no, I mean next week. Once the Super Bowl next week, two weeks. I don't know. It's Sometime uh, in February, second, isn't it? Yeah, Sunday the second. So two weeks. Mm-hmm. So yeah, there's this big marketing push, and I wonder if it's gonna last or if it's gonna fade away because uh, you know these things usually kind of fade away with time. And uh, I'm really curious though because I I I think that they are. I think that the CEO is awesome, <laughs> honestly. Uh, I'm gonna give you some links for the show, for the show notes. For an old profile that Wired had before he became CEO of Beats Music. I re- I think that they are nice people who genuinely want to make a better music service. I'm just afraid that the people won't care. We'll see. Yeah, Mike, why are you angry? I mean, I understand why they haven't been able to launch in. Um the UK straight away. It's, it, I don't think it's their fault. It's fault with the music industry because, you know, try, trying to get deals. Like if you get a deal with Universal in the US, it's not a deal with Universal in the UK. So you have to go through those deals multiple times and they might as well at least try and launch once to see if it works before they try and organize deals across the world. Hence why, for example, I still don't have iTunes radio. Not that I will use it because I just don't really think that I would, but it's just a point to make. Um, my issue with this in that like Federico, uh, there are you know I I understand ways in which you can do these things. So I tried a f- I've tried a few ways to sign up for this for this service. One of them, which was suggested to me by somebody on Twitter, um, was to turn off location services and then download the app using a US iTunes account. Tried that, didn't work. Um, it, it was it's a small idea. It said it worked for him, but it didn't did not work for me. So then, what I decided to do was to to use a VPN to uh, sign up for Beats Music on my Mac. Now there seems to be some intermittent connection issues with Beats Music at the moment. Yeah. So I've tried to sign up a few times, but the problem I'm having is it's failing sign up. But every time it fails sign up, it claims the username and email address that I've entered. So now I'm out of usernames 
and out of email addresses. So like, for example, I choose iMike and then it's like, nope, that's taken. So then I put in like an email address and a new one and then it's like, no, they're both taken. And I try and reset one. So I like type in the email address and it's like, there is no account by this name, sign up. So I try and sign up. It's like email address is taken. So I've been going through this loop and so I, I'm kind of stuck now because I'm now kind of out of email addresses and out of... Uh, Usernames hmm. to try, so I'll maybe try again in a couple of days. Maybe they'll clean that out or something. I think that they're they're coming to to Europe soon. I don't know if Europe means Italy as well, because it, it usually doesn't. And I know because uh, what's the name of the new all things the digital website Recode. Recode. Yep. Recode and uh, Uncle Walt said that they are working, and I quote, on a special iPad version of the app. I wonder what special means. It's going to be video. It's going to be special. It's going to be so special. But I mean, I, I like the sound of what you, you've been talking about, Federico. I mean, for me, like, there's, there's basically, that app sounds really cool and the service and the curation actually really excites me and I like the idea of that because the one thing that I struggle with with music is finding new music. You know, yeah. I like to find new music and, and that, that sounds like a really interesting thing. So what I want to be able to do is sign in, play around with the app and see if my key bands are there, you know, because mm -hmm. there's some albums by some bands that if they're just not there on a service. And I just want can, can, you, can you name one? I'm going to check right away. Um, so The Long Winters. So they, they, there needs to be uh, When I Pretend to Fall by The Long Winters needs to be there. And a good selection, preferably all of the Arctic Monkeys. They're like two. They're like two key ones. If they're not there, then, then I'm what's the name of What's the name of the... Of the... the Long Winters album. Can you, can, yeah. Putting the when days to, to bed. Yeah. When I pretend to fall. Yeah. When I pretend to can fall. Can you can you can you ask me for a song? The stupid. <laughs> this is great. This is great radio, guys. That's not a nice thing to call him. I can't even. I can't even log into Beast Music right now. I set up an account. Is this one mic? Is this? Yeah. That's yeah, what I'm looking it's, for. It's got all the Long Winter's discography. Right, well, that's perfect. That's that's one big tip. What about the Arctic Monkeys, Federico? Do they have Arctic Monkeys? Oh, yeah. I listened to them yesterday. Yeah, see, I really want to try this out because this sounds like something. Yeah, the music selection is 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 huge. And because I think that they worked out so many deals with the, with the labels and with the publishers and whatever other middlemen there's in the music industry and the curation stuff is pretty good because like I told you uh, it it asked me a series of basic questions like can you tell us what bands you really like and and after a few minutes and um, you just tap on, on on a button to like songs and the more songs you like the the better the service understands you and this morning I went to check on the on the Beats Music homepage and it gave me this awesome Uh, playlist about Brit rock in the 90s so can, you can imagine all the my favorite bands Oasis and Blur and and Elastica and all this it, it was just perfect for for me and uh, and I'm I'm curious to see what will happen in the coming months I think I'm gonna subscribe I, I don't think I'm gonna buy the annual option Of course, because it's and it's a hundred bucks, <laughs> so I'm just gonna try month by month, and I'm gonna see what happens. Steven, what do you think? You gonna you gonna check this out? You gonna? Yeah, I mean, I signed up for an account. Um, I think yesterday, and have kind of had intermittent connectivity issues, like you guys are talking about. But uh, really, what impressed me, in fact, I did it at work on my phone, and like actually said, like the little group of people I was with, I was like, 
like guys, like this interface is really cool. The whole like little interface of circles and like you you know like you can tap artists you like and you can like get rid of artists you don't like. Like it's all really well designed, and um, I think that's key. You know, Spotify. Like we, I mean, we've talked about this. Spotify on iOS, like it's, it's not like the best iOS app out there. RDO is mm-hmm. nice, but has some issues. I think on the Mac especially, like. So if they can kind of get the apps right and the catalog is good, I think that there really is space for a contender. And I think if they're going to kill anyone, it's going to be Artie. I think Spotify is, is the the windows of this world. You know, it's always going to be there. Um, but I think they could. Ha- I think they could take a run at Artie. And, and I think so. And I think um, the important thing to remember is it's the cachet of that brand. Like Beats is synonymous yeah, with music now. Yeah. So no, I, I think be, that that's a real big play for them, you know, is that they have yeah. that brand is very strong. Yeah, the Beats company for headphones is 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 really huge in yeah. terms of revenue and uh, mindshare as well. You know, Beats yeah. Beats. Yeah, music. because they're not the best headphones no, around, but people but believe they that got, they are. Yeah, they got the name. Yeah, yeah. they got Doctor Dre. So. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I'm excited to see where it goes. Like streaming, like we've talked about this, like streaming music really isn't how I particularly care to use music. I'm not going to, you know, my seven days will expire and I, I don't think I'll be purchasing an account. Um, but if I were to purchase an account and out of these systems, I would seriously consider this as, as the, my my go-to service. Oh, and uh, one more thing, and then I'm going to wrap up my Beats Music Slash Ian Rogers crash. Uh, uh, I just wanted to mention that they are really. Uh, I really like how uh, in they have a, a support document in which they say that uh, they care about paying artists all the same, no matter no matter if they are popular or new indie artists, because they believe that all music is the same and it should be paid equally. So uh, this is kind. I feel like there's a, a socialism joke by Stephen in somewhere in here, but I think that <laughs> uh, I think that it's really it's it's a really nice policy and way of thinking because I mean they only have a paid a paid service, so they don't do not depend on you know making different rates based on advertising streams or paid streams so it's really a simple business model either you like it and you pay or you don't and you don't use it so we'll see how it goes i'm just a little skeptical about you know asking people to pay 10 bucks a month especially when they can use pandora or free spotify free audio free itunes radio i don't know i'm i'm kind of afraid that it won't gain millions of users uh we'll see i'm hopeful though some uh, late breaking news. Oh yeah, we have breaking news. We have breaking news. Nice. Apple have uh, confirmed to Mashable that they have a fix in an upcoming software update for a bug that can occasionally cause a home screen crash. What? Oh, have you guys seen that? <laughs> yeah. Have you guys experienced that issue? I just have another crash for me. Oh god. What? What, <laughs> what? what are you talking about? It's the most stable <laughs> yeah. release. <laughs> ever <laughs> yeah yeah it's all over the place i mean the verge has it lots of other sites it's the one i went to um you know this so talk, you know 7.1 has been in beta for a while so maybe that takes care of it maybe it doesn't i have i have heard from people 
I, I'm not running it. I probably should. That that 7.1 fixes a lot of um, these performance issues. I can't wait. I, I think I narrowed it down, by the way. I'm, I'm, oh, yeah. I'm probably not the only person to wear this out, but I think I narrowed it down to um, audio. Audio is a big problem if you if you enter multitasking when listening to an audio application, which is not an official one. So like audio, uh, Pocket Cast, Spotify, any of those sort of apps. It seems like there's a system problem with, with audio and multitasking. You know, this totally happened to me a few hours ago on the 7.1 beta. Oh, okay, so. well there you go. It's not maybe and I was and I was listening to beats music by the way. I and do so think ma- that that's the, the cause not of a hundred percent, but because I've had some apps that I open that just I just open an app and just crashes the entire phone. But the multitasking one, to me I seem to, to it happens to me a, a lot more when I'm listening to music as well. Hmm. Anyway, so you know, this... Go ahead, Simon, I'm sorry. Uh, I was saying okay, I think it's Clear, like 7.1's been in beta for what f- four releases now. Like, it's clear yeah. that they're working on something, and you know, I think they want to get it right. I mean, not that they didn't want to get it right when they shipped it in the fall, but I think they're taking their time to make sure that 7.1, re- you know, leaves a lot of these issues behind. I still think that it was a bad decision to to ship iOS 7 as it was, because it. I th- I get, I think that it you know people aren't so sure about major releases like these anymore. I wouldn't be surprised if if in the future more more and more people will be skeptical of of upgrading their phone right away because the crashes were really really annoying. So and my 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 lady's my lady friend, my special lady friend, mm-hmm. uh, iPhone 4S <laughs> is I don't know how she uses it like it, I have I have <clears throat> excuse me, I have no idea how she uses her phone on a day-to-day basis it is so slow and so sluggish it's it's ridiculous I would not be able to use this phone like it's just horrible just to 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 watch how it's used it's it's it is unusable like it's seriously so bad like I cannot believe it is that bad I cannot believe that they, they even bother to support it. Because it's you may as well just be running iOS six and not be able to run a bunch of apps. Because the, it is every every single thing seems to struggle. There is not one action that is performed on the phone that seems to be able to take to just to just work normally. And did she tell you that she she would like to go back to oh, iOS six? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She she says iOS seven ruins her phone. And and I, and I've seen so many people saying this. Uh, you know, people, my friends and my family, they 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 wish they 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 would have waited a couple of more months to you know to to give Apple some time to figure out the issues. But y- you guys remember just how bad it was on the iPad. Yeah, I mean, I'm the first about... the ve- the very first iOS seven was re- seriously bad on the iPad. Like, I'm really interested to see how people are going to react to iOS eight, right? Because iOS six broke their maps, yeah, which was a big problem for people. I know yeah. I heard that anecdotally quite a lot. iOS seven changed the way it looked, but also started making their phone crash all the time. I wonder how people feel about software updates now. So I think it, it's difficult to quantify that, right? Because you can't ask... I mean, I can't ask that on Twitter because I'm not going to get the result that I need. 
Mm-hmm. Right. You know, because what I want is is average people, but I personally cannot poll that. I think the only the only way to reasonably find out would be to log into Apple's server for the one that collects crash logs and then uh, the, the, what's the name of uh, usage yeah and and uh, you know and just to see the springboard crashes and uh, you know all the all the low memory warnings that's cool i i can do that so i'll let you guys know what i find okay out. thank you mike so, apple 123 that's the password <laughs> i got that from from snowden yeah um, i want i wonder i wonder if next year we'll see a, a general feeling of yeah i'm just going to i'm just going to wait it out a bit yeah, it'd be yeah. interesting. Right, I I want to talk about something that I've wanted to talk about this for weeks, but you guys keep pushing it. You, you want to talk about something? I want to talk about news. my iPad. Okay. So I have a white <laughs> iPad. <laughs> um, I've been using my iPad a lot more than I ever For have. a few weeks now? And I really like it. I'm happy <laughs> okay. to report. I very like it. I'm I'm pleased to announce that I very much like my iPad. Congrats, Mike and his team for shipping. (laughs) (laughs) My iPad has been acquired (laughs) by me. Uh, It's a talent. Anyway, so I've been using my iPad a lot more recently, and I wanted to to just give. um, I I I hope that people find this stuff interesting, but um, I I think that you'll find. I I think the name you're looking for is State of the Union. Okay, it's my Mike's iPad State (laughs) of the Union. <laughs> so, if, do you remember, guys? A long time ago, I was looking for a case for my iPad where I could yeah. use it with notebooks and stuff. Yeah. Well, I spoke about this on another show that I do called The Pen Addict. You do another show? I do another show. Sorry to to tell you in such a way. Um, and a listener found this case and actually bought it and sent it to me, which is very very kind um, of them to do. And um, it's by a German company called Rotofaden. <laughs> And the case is called a Taschenbegleiter. Mm-hmm. That's okay. what it's called. Yeah, I got Taschenbegleiter. <laughs> thank you, uh, thank you for that, Stephen. That's, that was very, um, very considerate of our German friends. <laughs> I'm not a linguist. <laughs> really? Interesting. <laughs> so, oh dear, what is what is going on here? So I can't tell how expensive these are because it's in gibberish. It's well, it's in, it's in euros. <laughs> I don't know if that's necessarily gibberish. They, they are relatively expensive. Commas were expected to be periods. It was a, a, a listener, Christian, my friend Christian, sent it to me. Um, but they're, they're, it's a very, very nice case. and It basically it clips my iPad in. I keep a bunch of notebooks in there, and, and you can configure them how you want them to be made. It's very, very nice, and it's one that I would maybe suggest for people if they were looking for, for such a thing. Um I, I like it a lot. It's kind of like an organizer for me now. You know, I've got some like plastic wallets inside that it comes with that I can put papers in, my business papers. Um, it's very, very cool. So that's one thing, which means that I'm now carrying my iPad around more because it's kind of like when I'm at work, it's like a central hub for me. It's got all of my stuff that I need in it. But just in general, the iPad, the Retina iPad Mini is a very special device, I think. The screen is is incredibly amazing. <laughs> that's all I have for that. Uh, I- <laughs> text is so crisp like i know we said this initially like in our initial sort of like feelings about the ipad mini when we when me and federico both received ours some time ago but i wondered if uh oh guys just you know stick with me oh, yeah, apparently, I'm with you. apparently i record audio quite a lot and, and have things to say um you wouldn't i don't know if you'd necessarily believe that um 
the form factor and the weight and stuff of the iPad Mini is really good too. Like I can I can and have been able to sit and read for long periods of time and can hold it in one hand. And I wondered if over time if that stuff would change, like if I'd feel differently about it, but I don't. Is that the same for you, Federico? Do you still feel yeah. like it's it's comfortable to use over long periods? Oh, absolutely. And and I think that it's only getting better with time because when I when I got my Retina Mini in October or November, I can't remember. And um, I thought that I would appreciate the, you know, the fact that I could hold it with one hand and, you know, thumb typing on the screen in portrait mode. And, and, I, and I thought that, okay, this is pretty cool. I'm just going to keep thinking that it's pretty cool. And, but with time, I'm really, really loving it every day more because I just can, you know, maybe I'm cooking pasta or I'm making pizza with my girlfriend. And, and if I have a couple of minutes, you know, to, to check on my email or maybe to, to just send out a link on MacStories, I can just pick up my iPad and thumb type, uh, you know, some text in portrait mode and just send it off and, and I'm done. And I just kept, can keep going on with my cooking or, you know, just maybe switch to TweetBot. It's really, really comfortable and light. And, and, I, and I find myself using it in, 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 in the strangest <laughs> scenarios, like... A uh, couple of weeks ago, I was at my doctor's and I was bored. So I, I asked my girlfriend to, to give me my iPad. And, and two things, it was really comfortable because it, it's so light, Mike. I, I totally agree with you. Mm-hmm. And I also noticed that people don't give me the weird looks anymore. I think that it's become socially acceptable to, to use a tablet in public. I think so, especially yeah. the smaller ones. Yeah. Saying about portrait mode, I type in portrait mode quite a lot. But you use the crazy keyboard. I use the split keyboard. Oh, come on. Yeah. I Seriously, try it. it, it I, I, I don't know because it just it floats there on the screen and it moves. And, and Well, you do the I thing where you just, you, you like, you have it in place and you just pinch apart and it, you, it doesn't move. It stays in position. So I from the know. middle of the screen, just both of your thumbs pull the keyboard apart and then you can type that way. So yeah, I, I, f- I found myself using it a good bit on the, um, you know, I've got the air and, um, yeah, well that's, that I, thing's huge. So, you know, yeah, I mean, it's like typing on the hood of a car, but you know, the, the split keyboard is nice on that. If I'm, if I want to, I don't thumb type a lot on it, but when I do, that's how I do it. And, um, yeah, it is, it is kind of weird. Like, and it sort of feels like super un Apple like to give you even the option to do that. Yeah. Uh, I don't, yeah. I mean, I don't, you know, Anyway, but, but it kind of makes sense on the air because it's it it's does. large, so it, I can see why. On the mini, I don't know. So there's a couple of apps that I've been using a lot as well that um, have kind of changed the way that I do a bunch of stuff. So Mr. Reader, especially the update, because now it's like generally nice to look at in most places where it wasn't before. I think um, the version three update, like this app, is just incredible. Like, mm-hmm. if you use RSS in a meaningful way, like, if, if you really rely on it for something, just the things that you can do with it are so powerful. Mm-hmm. Like, I have, for me to be able to add things to some of the show notes, like, there are some bookmarklets that um, have been created for the 5x5 CMS. And I'm able to to put, like, the JavaScript into Mr. Reader and can even do it so it's, like, if I select text and activate it, it will put, take the text and put it in the show notes and stuff. So... And it's so fast and easy for me to just like sort of spin through and flick through the my RSS this way. I only read RSS on my iPad Mini now. 
Like I don't read RSS anywhere else, and that has never been the case before. I always use my phone, and then I would use my Mac. But I don't use any other device at all. I don't look at it in the web browser at any point in the day. Like I just use Mr. Reader because it is that good. Like I, I really, really love this application. I've been using it for a few weeks now, <laughs> and I'm a big fan. Um, I, I, yeah, I really, really like it a lot. And and like I've moved. I've even for the first time I think since the iOS App Store launched, I have no longer have an RSS app on my iPhone home screen because I just don't open it. I just don't open them at all. I mean, so I was gonna ask about this. Like, um, when you're when you're gonna read RSS, like, is that something you do to pass a couple of minutes, or are you like sitting down with like a glass of wine, maybe in the tub, and like, I mean, is it like a sort of all like I'm going to read RSS for like the next half hour? Like, is it big chunks of time? Or yeah, it is chunks of time for me because I'm okay. I'm doing it as part of a job. So I'm like, right, time to collect my stories for the news. Right, which is another show that I do in Fiber. Yeah, wow. so many other shows. So many. So like when I sit down to do that, I'm like, right, okay, I need to, to sit down, spend some time, find my stories so I can do the news today. So that I actually put time aside to go through it. Um, Google Drive, the app is great on the iPad. I, I use Google Drive all the time to plan out all my shows. Um, Tweetbot I use a lot, but it's it's one of the apps that's like, oh... Oh, please. I know it's hard. Like, I appreciate how hard it is to develop an application. I know, I like, I know. I, well, I don't know, but I can appreciate it. I really would love an iOS 7 version of Tweetbot. Like, I'm not alone in that, right? Like, I know how hard, I know it must be a lot of hard work, but boy, would I really love to not have iOS 6 Tweetbot anymore. <laughs> you know, th- this one is kind of strange for me because I, I agree. But also, uh, I feel like I'm so used to the way Tweetball looks on the iPad. I I literally keep the app open 50% of the time I'm using my iPad. I'm in Tweetbot. I'm so used to it. I don't even... And I don't want this to, to sound, you know, weird. I just don't care about the way it looks anymore. Is that bad? Because it's just yeah. so... So, kind of part of me, I guess, part of my workflow that that it it's it's just there, you know. It's just Tweetbot. I, mean, I the would benefit, like the benefit. I would like, like new looks- features. I would like yeah. new features, but I, I just you know I know that it it's not an iOS seven look, but it, you know it, it just works. But like you know, it, there are other apps that that I would like more. Like I'd love a new version of OmniFocus, which matches more the iPhone version. Oh yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then. A couple of little bits, and then I want one more rant, and then I'm done. So, uh, I've even subscribed to a couple of magazines. Oh yeah, me too. You know, you know, I'm actually subscribed to to one. What is to it? To the Edge, the video game magazine. Oh, yeah. Okay, I might look at that because it's my only magazine <laughs> newsstand. Actually, I have um, the Enemy. Oh yeah, that's what I have, but. Um, yeah, I'm gonna. Just, that <laughs> like, is that a list? It's just just the one. <laughs> yeah, I, I was expecting a list, Mike. <laughs> oh, I you know wired, but I don't really read it that much. But it's there. Um, so you just throw in money. Yep, I throw money at okay. wired. Okay. Yeah, I mean that that's that's honorable for you of you. 
Uh, yeah, oh, uh, honorable. Uh, I said horrible. Yeah. That's horrible of you to do that. Honor, no, honorable. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not horrible. The opposite of horrible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, I think that it's kind of weird that Newsstand is now an app that doesn't show you the covers. Yeah, I would love. I wish I could see the when it when it updates. I, I wish I wish that I could have the best of both worlds, so mm-hmm. that I could have Newsstand as an app, but also as a live icon with. A stack oh. of magazines. Yeah, they've really messed newsstand up in iOS 7. Yeah, because now it's an app, but it doesn't tell you anything about your subscriptions. Yeah. There's a whole big thing about that, like Glenn yeah. Fleischman and other people were talking about. <laughs> Why did he say his name like that? I don't know. It sounded German. I did the German voice earlier, super high pitched. Not really. A... Okay, so let me let me give this one one more. Com- I have, I have a issue. Oh, I'm okay. sure you do. So. At Christmas, a friend of mine sent me an iTunes gift card. You mean you asked me to buy you one and I did? Nope. This was something else. You did that for me recently. Thank you. But I actually got it as a Christmas present from, from a friend. You have nice friends, Mike. I do. It was neither of these guys, by the way. I just want to point that out. <laughs> Someone you do another show with? No, actually. Guys, we have 48 likes and 21 retweets. <laughs> you mean favorites? Seriously? what so I say? you got likes. you got a lot of... Uh, DMs to send, Stephen. Uh, yeah, I need some pictures. As per your promise. Y- you need a workflow for that. You sure do. I bet I bet Federico could send that DM to everyone in editorial in 20 seconds. Anyway. So, so what are you complaining about? I mean, I know because I can read it in the Google Doc, but tell the listeners. So <laughs> I weird? received a um, an iTunes gift credit uh, for the US iTunes store because my friend lived in the United States and they sent me it. Now, you cannot renew, you cannot uh, sort of redeem a credit in local currency like a, that you are in. So I could not take that gift certificate and apply it to the UK store, which I think is stupid, because, well, I can only have friends in my country that send no, me gift certificates. No, but you have different currencies. But they could just convert the currency for like how they convert app prices. So Maybe, yeah. You know, so they could give me okay. like a ten a ten pa- a ten pound credit or something. Okay. I'm sure there are so many legal reasons why they can't, but you know, yeah, it's yeah. you know, it's that's frustrating. But then this is where it becomes more frustrating. So it's like, okay, I have a US account, I'll buy something on the US account. So I bought a couple of movies that I wanted to see. Um whilst away uh, last weekend, I decided I wanted to watch one of these movies on my iPad. So I signed out of my uh, UK account, signed into my US account. Um downloaded the movie got the usual pop-up or whatever just pressed okay didn't really pay much attention then when i signed out of my us account to sign back into my uk account um to download another tv show or something an episode of the wire it was like because you have switched regions you cannot now watch any of your content from your uk account for 90 days is that like a punishment for coming back home? Yeah, because I because I switched account to something else that I own, I now have switched regions. So now I for the next three months, I cannot watch any of my purchased um, stuff. I cannot I cannot download anything. I cannot stream anything, TV or movie wise, from the iTunes store. And I just think that's like. That's, that's really dumb. Totally, like, I'm yeah, sure there are so many reasons, like there are so many legal re- But now, it, like 90 days, but it's three months. Like I have, Whoa. 
why three months? What's going to happen in three months? I have anyway? no idea. Like, what's the <laughs> difference between three days and six years? Like, I don't get it at that point. Like, why, why, why are you making me wait ninety days? Like, what, what, what was I going to do? <laughs> so it, I'm really honestly, kind of that feels about like it. A, that feels like Apple UK trolling Apple US. I don't know. It so, just yeah. doesn't make any sense. I assume that the pop up that I skipped was telling me that was going to happen, right? Yeah, but, there's actually a. Uh, I'm going to put in the notes, there's, in, there's a little discussion thread on this on Apple's site um, that has some links in it that might seem helpful. Hi. They're helpful in what way? Like they're going to fix my problem? Tell, basically telling you why they're trolling you. Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just like, so now I can't watch, you know, the, the my purchases, like season four of The Wire, cannot watch it on my iPad. I haven't tried like downloading them to my computer and syncing them. You know, that that might work, maybe. But because I'm not used to it, because apps, it's not a problem with apps. So that's yeah. my kind of mindset of how the store works. Yeah, I found obviously, it. Obviously, you know. You know, this happens with iTunes Match as well. Now I remember, because last year, I was trying to set up iTunes Match in Italy, and I created an account. But then I switched back to my US account, and I was locked out of iTunes match for 90 days. You're oh, right. I remember man. now. It, do- it just doesn't make any sense. What, what am I going to do in those 90 days? <laughs> yeah, so, so Apple fly, actually... Fly to, the, yeah. fly to the moon? What am I going to do? What am I, escape my country? <laughs> fly out of Europe? I don't know. Uh, what, it's just... What's the... Stephen, if you, find, if you found anything, please tell us. What's the legal reasoning behind the 90 days figure? Well, I didn't find that, but I found actually what's happening is that it's you can only switch uh, a device to a different iTunes store account every 90 days. And so, Mike, I think that you could still like you you're not locked out of your account, like you can like watch them on your iPhone if you wanted to, right? Yeah. It it just affects the iPad. So that's basically I think what this is saying that it's the device can only change accounts every 90 days. But I don't think that's and, and the I case. Think, I think, I think the, the reason Mac. they're doing that, I, I don't know. I mean, it says yeah, associate device. I think the reason they're doing that is um, if I bought, say I bought uh, a season of, or say I bought, you know, I bought a movie on iTunes and my buddy wants to watch it and signs out of his iPad, signs in as me, downloads it, watches it, goes back to his account and then his buddy signs in as me and watches it. I mean, so I think it's to help cut down on that sharing. Um, it's still dumb. Like I'm not defending Apple here, but it kind of makes sense. Fat you boy. just got caught and you mm. got, you got caught in the middle yeah. um, because there are people who do use iTunes accounts in different countries. And of course Apple would say, no, don't do that. But the reality is that it does happen. And so like, I feel like people get caught in that. It's a little unfair. Lawyers, lawyers are ruining the world. Correct. Wow. True there. Right, let's take a quick break, and we've got something awesome on the other side. Um, but I wanted to th- thank and welcome a new sponsor to the prompt, guys. We have a new sponsor this week, and that is nice. Smile. So I want to tell you a, thing, a couple of things about some cool Smile products today. We'll start with PDF Pen. So if you need to do anything with PDFs, you you need PDF Pen from Smile Software. You can add a signature, make changes to text and images, correct a typo, fill out forms, and that's only the beginning. 
Say you want to scan a document or you've got a scan document. Well, PDF Pen includes OCR so you can convert that scan into text that can be searched, copied and corrected. Say you want to remove sensitive info such as tax ID numbers from your PDF before sharing it with someone. Well, PDF Pen can perform redaction, removing the stuff that you want to keep private. PDF Pen 6 is out now and new features make it more powerful and easier to use than ever. The interface and tools have been updated and improved and now you can explore your PDFs to Microsoft Word format for sharing or editing if you need to. And Smile has something new. It's PDF Pen Scan Plus. So now you have the power of your office right in your pocket. You can scan contracts by taking a picture, invoices, receipts, and much, much more, and you can scan them and take pictures of them all as PDFs within your iPhone or iPad. So you use OCR to take that scanned image or picture and you turn it right into editable text right on your iPhone. It's incredible, all that power right within your iOS device. You can get PDF, PDF Pen Scan Plus for $4.99 in the App Store, or if you go to smilesoftware.com slash 5x5, you can watch an amazing video by our friend David Sparks, and he'll tell you all that you need to know about PDF Pen Scan Plus. If you want to get the Mac PDF Pen, you can get this for $60 in the Mac App Store or directly from Smile, or you can buy PDF Pen Pro for $100 and you'll get advanced features like form creation tools and document permission settings. And don't forget about PDF Pen Scan Plus, which is $4.99 on the iPhone and iPad App Store. So find out more at smilesoftware.com slash 5x5. Thanks so much to Smile for sponsoring this show and supporting all of 5x5. So we have something special now that Stephen put together for us to celebrate another product anniversary. Stephen, would you like to introduce what you have put together for us this week? Special report. Yeah. Um, you know, we, we spoke last week, a couple weeks ago, about the uh, the iPhone. And in that discussion, you know, we talked about how Steve Jobs built the case that Apple has had three sort of like world-changing, um, history-shifting products. Um, he argued the iPhone was the third. Uh, the iPod was the second in 2001, and the first was the Macintosh in 1984. Uh, just so happens that that date was January 24th. The Mac turns 30 at uh, the end of this week, and I thought we could, uh, could take a look. On January 24th, 1984, Apple held its annual shareholder meeting. For the first half hour, it was a pretty standard affair. Steve Jobs opened with a Bob Dylan quote and was followed by Apple's Vice Secretary L. Eisenstadt's business report. Things like proxy cards, shareholder reports, and voting were discussed. Honestly, I just about nodded off while watching the video until John Scully took the stage and played a music video.
After the video, Scully walked through the successes of 1983. Sales were up 69% to a growth of $400 million. The company spent $60 million on R&D and $230 million on product marketing. The company's net revenue for 1983 was $76.7 million. After the progress report, Jobs took the stage again. It is 1958. IBM passes up the chance to buy a young, fledgling company that has just invented a new technology called Xerography. Two years later, Xerox is born, and IBM has been kicking themselves ever since. It is 10 years later, the late 60s. Digital Equipment Corporation and others invent the mini-computer. IBM dismisses the mini-computer as too small to do serious computing and therefore unimportant to their business. DEC grows to become a multi-hundred million dollar corporation before IBM finally enters the mini-computer market. It is now ten years later, the late 70s. In 1977, Apple, a young, fledgling company on the West Coast, invents the Apple II, the first personal computer as we know it today. IBM dismisses the personal computer as too small to do serious computing and therefore unimportant to their business. The early 1980s. 1981. Apple II has become the world's most popular computer, and Apple has grown to a $300 million corporation, becoming the fastest-growing company in American business history. With over 50 companies vying for a share, IBM enters the personal computer market in November of 1981 with the IBM PC. 1983. Apple and IBM emerge as the industry's strongest competitors, each selling approximately $1 billion worth of personal computers in 1983. Each will invest greater than $50 million for R&D and another $50 million for television advertising in 1984, totaling almost one quarter of a billion dollars combined. The shakeout is in full swing. The first major firm goes bankrupt with others teetering on the brink. Total industry losses for 1983 overshadow even the combined profits of Apple and IBM for personal computers. It is now 1984. It appears IBM wants it all. <laughs> Apple is perceived to be the only hope to offer IBM a run for its money. Dealers initially welcoming IBM with open arms now fear an IBM-dominated and controlled future. They are increasingly turning back to Apple as the only force that can ensure their future freedom. IBM wants it all and is aiming its guns on its last obstacle to industry control, Apple. Will Big Blue dominate the entire computer industry? The entire information age? Was George Orwell right? While history shows that IBM would never take over the personal computer market, Steve's speech whipped up the crowd, who were then shown Apple's 1984 Super Bowl ad, which had aired just two days prior to the meeting. After the video played, Steve fulfilled the promise of the ad and unveiled Macintosh. There have only been two milestone products in our industry. 
the Apple II in 1977, and the IBM PC in 1981. Today, one year after Lisa, we are introducing the third industry milestone product, Macintosh. Many of us have been working on Macintosh for over two years now, and it has turned out insanely great. <laughs> and we are introducing Macintosh at a mainstream price point of $2,495. And you can go see a Macintosh in any one of our over 1,500 dealers in America today. I want to briefly cover some of the innovations in Macintosh. The first one is we've pulled Lisa technology down to a mainstream price point with its radical ease of use, mouse, windows, icons, pull-down menus, point, click, cut and paste. We've managed to find a way to pull that down to a $2,495 price point. And Macintosh, to accomplish this, uses a 68,000 microprocessor, the same 32-bit microprocessor used in Lisa. It's necessary for Lisa technology and it eats 8088s for breakfast. <laughs> Macintosh comes with 192K bytes of memory. 64K bytes of ROM contains the entire operating system, the whole graphics foundation, and the entire user interface, all contained in ROM. There's 128K bytes of RAM. Just as the five and a quarter inch floppy disk drive was an innovation in the 70s, the three and a half inch disk drive will be the disk of the 80s. It is far safer, and we're storing over 400K bytes of information on one side of a disk that can be put in your pocket. Macintosh comes with two built-in serial ports. They're RS-232, RS-422, and an incredible thing called Apple Bus Interconnect. Macintosh has four voice sound and speech built in. And it communicates with you on a high-definition, super-crisp, bitmap, nine-inch black-and-white screen, which has over twice the number of dots on its screen of any current-generation personal computer. You have to see this display to believe it. It's incredible. And all of this power fits in a box that is one-third the size and weight of an IBM PC. And we're introducing a family of products with Macintosh. The ImageWriter printer, an external disk drive, a modem, a numeric keypad, Macintosh carrying case, and a security kit so your Macintosh won't go anywhere without you. <laughs> You've just seen some pictures of Macintosh. Now I'd like to show you Macintosh in person. All of the images you are about to see on the large screen will be generated by what's in that bag. While all the elements Jobs would refine in later keynotes are present, it's hard to ignore the fact that this young, 1984 Steve Jobs seems nervous. He's rushed. He shows a photo of the product and then talks about the price, all before running down a long list of features and specs. While the presentation might not be on par with what was to come, the demo was right on the money. Steve then took the Macintosh out of its bag, hooked it up, and inserted a floppy disk he was carrying in his coat pocket. The lights lowered, and the theme from Chariots of Fire began booming. The Macintosh spelled its name across its 9-inch black-and-white CRT and began to flash images of its user interface. 
Hello, I'm Macintosh. It sure is great to get out of that bag. And accustomed as I am to public speaking, I'd like to share with you a action I thought of the first time I made an IBM mainframe. Never trust a computer you can't with. Obviously I can talk, but right now I'd like to sit back and listen. So it is with considerable pride that I introduce a man who's been like a father to me, Steve Jobs. After the applause died down, Jobs said that the company's target audience was knowledge workers and college students. He explained that the Macintosh was for people who wanted an appliance, not a complex computer. Jobs introduced the 24-member Apple University Consortium, whose members had already placed $50 million in orders. After discussing the customer, Jobs described the process of building the machine. But never before Macintosh has a personal computer been designed from the start to be built in the millions. From day one on Macintosh, we kept manufacturability in mind and have designed it as the first personal computer to be built in the millions. And I want to take you very briefly through how a Macintosh goes together. We first take the front bezel, which is the most precisely tooled piece of plastic that Apple has ever manufactured, and to it we affix a stamped sheet metal part and the cathode ray tube. Next, we attach the single board containing the entire high-definition video electronics and the entire lightweight switching-type power supply. Next, the three-and-a-half-inch disk drive is attached, followed by a shield around the disk drive. Next, the single 10-inch by 10-inch board containing the entire 32-bit digital graphics processing computer is slid into the metal infrastructure and the cables are attached. And with four screws, the rear case is then put on and the Macintosh is tilted up for the first time and ready to go into an automated 24-hour burn-in, after which the keyboard and the mouse are added. And the challenge for us is to do this once every 27 seconds. Jobs closed his keynote in praise of his small team. He affirmed their work, saying that it would change millions of people's lives. He then showed a video about the Macintosh that featured the team's work, including the custom hardware and software that made the Mac what it was. The video showed the Mac's user interface in greater detail and showed off things like the machine's multiple typefaces and growing software library. After the video, the meeting turned to the Lisa. Updates to the product would bring compatibility with the Macintosh's software and floppy disks. The attempt to save Lisa would ultimately fail, however, and Apple would end up burying 2,700 machines in a Utah landfill in 1989. But I don't think it bothered Steve Jobs one bit. We didn't start Apple to build adequate products. And we didn't start Apple to simply put computers on the desks of computer-trained professionals to connect to IBM mainframes. What we wanted to do and what we want to do now is to build great personal computers and bring them to tens of millions of people. Never before has the time been riper, and never before with our radically easier-to-use family of 32-bit products have we been closer to doing just that. Thank you very much. So yeah, I mean, I think it's pretty clear that the the Apple of today and the Apple of 30 years ago is a little bit different. I kind of want to 
like find John Scully's email address and they'll be like, hey, like walk me through your decision to play that music video. You know, like, oh. it would never, <laughs> that was that was seriously disturbing. Yeah, I, I think so. I pulled one quote out of that that I wanted oh. to share. Okay, from the from the little song. Tomorrow's much brighter because Apple is leading the way. <laughs> what is that? Like seriously, what is that? I, I don't know the full the full video. So there's lots of links in the show notes, um, which I've heard can be found on the internet. Is that true, Michael? Five by five TV slash prompt slash thirty two. So lots lots of uh, links in there, including the one to the whole "We Are Apple" slash "Apple Leading the Way" video. Um, <laughs> I really suggest that you watch it when no one else is home. Um, I actually showed it. So sometimes I bounce ideas off my wife. So I was editing this. And I like I sent her. I was like, "Hey, like, come watch this video with me." And um, she's like, "No." I was like, "Come on, no, check it out." <laughs> and she's like, "What is happening?" <laughs> I'm watching it now because I didn't. I didn't think to. Oh wow, what is this? Yeah, it's <laughs> not. Uh, it's not great. Um, but like, you know, it's really interesting. Like this obviously is a very different time than where we are now. Apple's a very different company. Obviously, Steve Jobs, a different dude than you know we remember him in his later years. Um. And two things really stuck out to me that I didn't I didn't really talk about in the piece. Um, you know, first of all, like how much Apple was spending on research and development, as was very much the fashion, and like he killed that when he came back. Like R and D got slashed. Um, and I think it's interesting to note that he burns the Lisa in his intro. So he's like, you know, this the some point in the talk he says, you know, the the there have been a couple of milestones. There's been the Apple II, there's been the IBM PC, and now there's the Macintosh. And like completely skips over the product that Apple launched a year ago that he was sort of in charge of and then got kicked off of. Uh, you know, it's like a little like jab, like a Steve Jobs jab at, at a, a product that he found inferior. So some things never change. Yeah. So I had a couple of thoughts too that I wanted to add. Okay. Doesn't sound like Jobs. Like his voice, because uh, obviously I just listened to your piece. I didn't watch the video, mm-hmm. um, and his accent. I mean, he's obviously younger, so his voice is different. But his accent sounds different, and he's talk. He talks so fast. Yeah, that was one thing I talked. I talked about was like he seems like rushed and nervous, and um, I mean, it's completely understandable. But it's something that he he would master uh, as a speaker, you know, later in his life. Um. At one point, he says that they've been working on the Mac for two years. Like mm-hmm. that doesn't seem like enough time to build a computer from inception so, to creation, right? So that's that's sort of a true statement. There was a lot of like rustling, and you had guys like Jeff Raskin who were doing some really interesting things. Um, but the Mac is like we're going to make this a product. Really, was pretty quick. Uh, if you read some of the books about that time frame, I mean, people were working like you know, like 36-hour stretches trying to debug things. I mean, it really was um, really was pretty crazy. Um, starting point of $2,495. Also referred to as a mainstream price point. Mm-hmm. That is like, that's Mac Pro money. It is now. That's um, like crazy. That just seems crazy to me, but obviously, you know, different time. Um, and that's a lot more than, I mean, 
Jobs had wanted the Mac to be a, a very uh, low cost alternative to Lisa and to these other machines, and tw- you know the the final price was much higher than he than he actually wanted. But he gets up there and he sells it, right? Like he's yeah. like this amazing technology, this amazing price, and like you can see like in the back of his head, he's like, "Screw you, Scully! You're making me charge more than I want to." And it kind of reminded me a little bit of when he's talking about like how he tries to really, really sell the price of the original iPhone. Mm-hmm. You know, when he was like, and you know, how much does this cost you? And how much does this cost you? And, uh, you know, you know, he's talking about the price of a contract, the price of an iPod. Mm-hmm. Um, high definition video electronics. I love that. Yeah, high buddy. definition. <laughs> um, and two, 500, two sort of, 512 pixels across. That should sound familiar to some of you. I have no idea what you're talking about. I don't either. Um, two two sort of final points for me, really. Just um, I love how pleased you can tell that Jobs is in the way it's manufactured. Like he talks about like beauty and efficiency and all that sort of stuff, and it's very reminiscent of all of the product demos that come later. We know with like the videos they put together and stuff. It's clearly something he cared a lot about. It was like that they not only look good, but they were made efficiently in their factories and stuff. It was clearly something that was important to him, and the way that the, his his portion of it of this sort of presentation is laid out um like from you know like the re- the reveal and like some of the videos and the discussion and the demo and then like the sort of the closing thoughts all the way back in 1984 like the skeleton of the way that he presented was the same like the actual bare skeleton of the way that he unveiled a product is exactly the same obviously it was finessed a lot over time but all of the components are there and i just found that so fascinating so that's it. Thank you, Stephen. That was an incredible little right. thing that you put together. Yeah. So, I mean, so Federico, what, you know, we talked some kind of, you know, offline about this, but I mean, you know, obviously this happened before any of us were born. Like, you know, I'm the oldest of us mm-hmm. and, and, you know, I won't, I'm, you know, 28. So this is before us. Right? Like this is looking back to a time where you know, things were really different. Like, I don't know, like, did it kind of blow your minds? Like how far we've come? since this keynote yeah it's it's really amazing to you know 30 years later we are on youtube watching a video that shouldn't it, it wasn't meant to end up somewhere on, on on the in the cloud because there was no cloud but now we're watching it and and he's celebrating this computer but now we have iPads and iPhones is just crazy. It makes you think, what's gonna, what, what is it gonna be like in 2000? Oh God, what's what's 44? <laughs> That's yeah. just so far ahead. You cannot imagine. I mean, maybe we'll look back at the WWDC 2014 keynote and 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 say, oh God, we used to have iPhones. <laughs> Oh, right. they had they had sixteen gigabytes of memory. <laughs> yeah, that's gonna that's gonna be a big one. It just feels so almost unreal to because my, my my the way I feel is this: it's one thing to look at old videos from I don't know World War Two or really events in the past, right? So you you can in your mind you say, okay, yeah, this is the past. This is a lot of years ago. But then you look at this video and, 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 and you see an element that is familiar because it's a computer. But then you realize that it's actually th- 30 years. It's a lot of time. And, 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 and so it looks like a computer and it is a computer. It used to be a computer, but it's really the past. And, and now we're, 
it, it feels strange to me to consider that I was born just four years after that, but in spite of this kind of familiarity, it feels so strange. Yeah, it's it's not a computer the way that we think of computers. I mean, it was a, it was for all intents and purposes single task. You know, it, the original Mac didn't even have a hard drive, right? So like there was a you know it was like a floppy elbow, you know, where like you'd put a floppy in and. Somewhere Dr. Drang is like cringing because he remembers this and I probably called it the wrong thing. But like you have to like swap disks in and out continuously. And uh, in the in the notes, I put some uh, links to some reviews written in 1984 about the 1984 Macintosh. Which I think is really interesting to see it in the time in which it existed. And there were a lot of drawbacks to this machine. I mean, you know, we've talked um, on this show about... You know how like, is the iPad? You know, like, is it a real computer or not? Can you do real work on it? But like, really, the question underneath that is like, is it a computer or is it an appliance? And this is Jobs' very first uh, opportunity where he gets to build an appliance, and it's even in some of the the literature and some of the surrounding videos of this thing. You know, before this, like, look what Apple made. Apple, Apple's making the Apple II. You could take the top off of it. You could put a bunch of cards in it. You know, you can make it do all these crazy things. It was very customizable. You couldn't even open the original Macintosh. And if you could, you couldn't do anything with it. Um, it's just really, like, the, the idea of, like, the iPad being the sealed hardware thing that, like, it is the same. The hardware is the same on your iPad the day you recycle it or throw it away or give it to, you know, your great aunt to use as the day you bought it you can't change it and and this is that idea in its very first form and and that to me is the most interesting thing that these ideas that were in jobs head continue to affect apple and the entire industry 30 years on is just it's really incredible so that that was a, a real nice thing to do i mean it it's definitely increased the length of this episode but not by nine hours like the no yeah, the, there is some more breaking news though, which is ridiculous. Like I don't understand what's happening. <laughs> we have um, become like a real news outlet now. Yeah, yeah. yeah we are now up to uh, fifty-nine favorites and twenty-three retweets. And Beats has announced that they announced it that they're going to do. Um, they're going to double the free t- trial length. Yep. So uh, Beats what, CEO four, Ian days? Rogers just sent out an email. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry, Stephen. No, it says it'll be fourteen days now, right? Yeah. Instead of seven. I can multiply. Congratulations. Yeah, that's awesome. I think that's, you know, Federico, you must be very excited right now. Yeah. <laughs> He's like your favorite yeah. CEO ever. This is, I feel like this is my buddy now, you know? It's my, Ian is my friend. And it's just, <laughs> it just, it's like he's talking to me. Wow. He knows what, he knows what I want. Can you hear him now? Do you see him now? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm actually looking at the 9 to 5 Mac logo. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. Let's switch back to Google Drive. And um yeah, I think it, I think it's the right thing to do because I don't know if other companies would have gone this way just after a day. I mean, they had problems with connections and other issues overnight, and today other companies would have waited they just decided to second day of of service. Let's just give an extension, and that that seems awesome to me. So yeah, I'm excited. So we're bringing back something to the show because what we really need in this week's episode is another segment. <laughs> uh, 
Let's look at some weekly picks, gentlemen. Weekly picks. Oh, yeah. Mike, I'm interested. I'm looking at the, at the document. Yeah. I, w- I want to know more about your app. Okay. Because so I, I've, I've been hearing a lot of things, and I'm curious. So I've uh, my, my pick this week is an app called Silo. So a couple of weeks ago, I uh, encountered the need to have some shared to-do lists. Um, and there were a couple of things that I wanted. It needed to look good. Um, like, you know, I, I didn't want to be using um, a text document. Uh, I did not want to be using reminders, shared reminders, because I find the iOS 7 reminders application to be maddening. I just do not like it at all. Um, I wanted, so yeah, to everything to be simply shareable and to have notifications for when something was checked or added so you'd know that somebody was adding something or removing something from the list. I got a bunch of recommendations through and this app called Silo, which I believe that our f- uh, friend of the show, Casey Liss, had um, suggested previously to, to someone else and he recommended it to me as well during this process. So, and more like enemy. Enemy of the show, show yeah. Just en- kidding, I love you, Casey. <laughs> en- enemy of the show, Casey Liss. So um, I, I really like this application. It's I've been using it for a couple of weeks now. Um <laughs> Stop. Never gets old. Just doesn't get old. It has some themes in it because, you know, all to-do apps need to have themes so you can choose some different colors. Um, it's just really easy and simple. I have nothing to say other than the, th- the fact that it works really, really well. So I have some sh- I have some t- simple to-do lists like grocery lists sort of things in here for myself. But anything that's shared, you just choose an email address to send it to. Just, then it just sends an email address to somebody and then they can just accept the list. And if they're already a user of Silo, then it will just show up in their account um, or it you know, will give them a, a prompt to go and download the application. Um, people can, it's quite easy to add new items. It's quite easy to, to reorder them and to check them off and notifications come through really quickly. It does background syncing as well. So um, it syncs new tasks in the background when the push notifications come through. So you don't need to do any of that sort of stuff. It's uh, cross-platform. It's on the iPhone, the uh, iPad, and there's a Mac app as well. Um, I really love it. Like Federico, do you have any specific questions? Yes, I want to ask you if this does not use iCloud, right? It's using its own proprietary syncing service. Okay, do they have links about security and privacy, that kind of stuff? You know, just just a little bit concerned about... What are you, you sharing? Know. No, I mean, if I'm, <laughs> like, if, I, if I'm, I don't know, if I'm working on a review, you know, of an app that isn't right. out yet, I need to know, you know, the privacy stuff. I, ju- I just want to know. I think that it's, it's my right to know. It has ex- it has Yeah, a- you know you know my stance about privacy. I know right? Federico has URL schemes. Sold. <laughs> oh Mike. Yep. And and Yeah, I know that friend of the show for real this time. Uh Sean Oh god, well, how do you pr- pronounce this? Uh Kortsdorfer? <laughs> this is really hard. Kortsdorfer? I'm gonna I'm gonna send you a link. Re- I think that the Sean really really liked Silo. Uh, I saw a link a few a few months back. I need to check this out because I'm I'm using this shared reminders list with my girlfriend. But like you said, Mike, I would really like to be able to to receive notifications when items are added or completed. And uh, and uh, and the fact that you cannot share a new list 
directly on iOS is crazy because there's all this talk from Apple about post PC, post PC there, post PC here, but you cannot share reminders lists yep. directly on an iPhone, which is crazy. Another question, Mike, and then I'm done. Can you print lists from Silo using AirPrint? Not that I am aware of. So this is something that Dr. Drang mentioned a few days ago on Twitter. I didn't think that I would... At first, my reaction was, why would Dr. Drang need to print out a list? But then he said that when he goes grocery shopping, he doesn't have to care about dropping his iPhone when he's, you know, picking up items. And it kind of makes sense because I'm always worried when I'm shopping and, you know, picking up vegetables and that kind of stuff, pasta boxes. I'm always worried that I'm going to drop my iPhone, whereas a paper list wouldn't have this problem. Um, you we're, we're In regards to the callback URL, um, friend of the show, we have so many friends of the show, Eric Promono, he sent me a link to a post he does geekswithjuniors.com, which I've put in the show notes. Where he, oh, yeah, great he, site. He built a bunch of Launch Center Pro actions for, uh, for Silo. So we have those. I've not been able to find anything that, that talks about their uh, privacy policies, but I'm sure that if you contact the developers, Federico, they will be able to, to help you with that. Nice, nice. I'm trying cool. to find... I'll see if I can find anything, but... Um, but yeah, I... I This is a... a, a, a it solves a lot of... Um, it, it basically completely solves that issue for me, so I'm very happy with it. You know, and it's a good nice. example of an issue that, like... You know, like some somebody out there in their car screaming, just use OmniFocus for your grocery list. We're like, you need to share that <laughs> with people. And like, yeah. that's what I love about the App Store. Like this app doesn't really do all that much. Like I don't think there's like repeating tasks and stuff from looking at their nope. website. But like it doesn't need to because all it needs to do is share a list with someone. And that's that's great. It's it's like there are so many apps that do the list sharing, but it's the notifications that, that mm-hmm. I really, really want. And that's and I, and I really like that, that, that that's there. So there we go. Awesome. Nice, good pick, Mike. Thank you. Yeah. Who's up next? Federico? Uh, I am. Yeah, I am. Um, my pick, uh, it really, it generated from a very simple need, and that was to be able to add a note to a word in a dictionary app. So that sounds pretty uh, useless at first, but to me, as you may, as you may have guess from my accent um my first language is not english what so yeah what i know shock shocking oh, right? what? yeah <laughs> so when i when i look up words in, in, in a dictionary app i want to be able to add uh, a note with with um with the italian version of that word right so if i find an expression or a word that that in English is the is the counterpart of the of an Italian one. I want to add a note for that, so that in the future, when I when I when I look up that word, I'm gonna see the note and I'm gonna re- remember all my you know thinking process. So uh, I really like terminology on, on iOS, but it doesn't have a, a feature to to let you add notes. So I was recommended this this app called Wordbook. Which isn't the the best looking dictionary app, but it but it really really works for me because it's got all the features that I want. It's got uh, it's on the iPhone and iPad, 
It's got an iOS 7 interface, although some parts of it haven't been updated, so you may see some, you know, skeuomorphic backgrounds and that kind of stuff. But it, but it looks nice overall, just not great. And you can add bookmarks for words, which sync over iCloud, and you can add notes to specific entries. And these notes sync with iCloud as well. You can look up a word on various internet services. So the app has a, a Wikipedia um, and Google uh, lookup features built in, and you can add your own by using the URL of a website and a placeholder, uh, which is the at character for the current word. So you can look up a word on any internet website that you want. You can add notes, have bookmarks. There are some games to play as well, like crossword and, and, and anagrams, and I don't really care about those. Uh, it syncs well. It's on the iPhone and iPad, and it does exactly what I wanted, so I'm able to add notes to my favorite words. It's two bucks on the App Store, and yeah, that's it. And it's, it's, it's got, I don't know how many thousands of words, but it's got a lot of entries, and uh, it's nice. And then the, the note feature is really what sold me, because I was looking for this, and, and now I have it, so I'm happy, and this is my pick. Awesome. Uh, my pick is uh, actually a, an app that Federico and I both reviewed uh, called Command C. So if oh, you guys so will, great. so great. So you guys will remember back in the day, um, PaySpot was around, and it basically would allow you to share a clipboard. Um, you could like send things to your clipboard from the Mac and iPhone, and vice versa. Well. Uh, I would call PasteBot abandonware at this point. Um, hasn't been updated in a really long time. I don't even know if it still works. Um, and so, um, Command C is a new app. Um, there's a Mac app and an iOS app. Uh, the Mac app is free. It's a little helper app that's up in your menu bar. Uh, the iOS app is four bucks, and basically, it will send text, uh, photos, video, URL. Um, I haven't put any, I haven't thrown anything at it that it couldn't deal with. Um, and it sends them around your devices via wireless. Now, some people clean today on Twitter. Um, I was talking to like, well, you know, I don't, I don't always have wireless. And so there is an alternative called scribe, which is a beautiful app, but it works over low power Bluetooth. And it only goes from Mac to iOS. Now the developers has told me that, you know, the, there's more feet. There are more features coming um, to Scribe, but you know, most of the time, if I'm working, I have wireless, and so it's not a big deal to send things, you know, over over Bonjour, uh, which is what Command C uses. Um, and so, you know, it's it's a great app. Uh, four bucks, nothing. Uh, you can. What I really like about it is you can actually send things between iOS devices. So I think Federico, you talked about in your review. Um, or maybe on the show at some point, where like if you if you were using your iPad, like you're look you'll look up URLs on your iPhone. You need a way to get them to your iPad quickly. This is a great way to do that. Um, highly recommended. It has the Vatici stamp of approval. Uh, it has my stamp of uh, approval as well, and uh, you should definitely go check it out. You, you shouldn't you shouldn't have a stamp though. You should you should, should have, have like like you should have the Stephen thumbs up. All right. 
Yeah. Well, shouldn't it be the teachy thumbs up? So kind of as a no, no. It should be like the Stephen thumbs up with the with the really, I guess with with a with a ring on the thumb. I'm not because a... you used to you used to be a rock star. <laughs> You're the one who used to have like, the band. You're confusing yourself and me again. No, 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 no. <laughs> I think that you you have a very rock star like past that you're not telling us about i have i have this idea that you used to be a rock star but you're not telling us so anyway yeah great pick i saw the i saw the link about the scribe thing that you uses bluetooth but i'm just so happy with you know comancy and and i and i really like how you can trigger the copy action from uh, Launch Center Pro or Safari with with a with a JavaScript bookmarklet, which is really great for me because I, I really do it all the time when I need to. You know something that actually I'm coming clean about this now. Uh, something that I cannot do on my iPad is to post scripts uh, on Mac stories because I I cannot figure out a way to turn scripts into block quotes for WordPress. This is extremely geeky thing to, I to don't talk e- about. I actually don't even know what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, so when you, go to Mac Sor- <laughs> when you go to Mac Stories and you see I have a script, f- I have an article for nerds, and that article has a script inside, right? The script gets all the fancy colored formatting, right? It's got the syntax coloring. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, and I need to do that on a Mac. Because we have a, a special uh, formatting and rules for our site, and I cannot do that on the iPad. So when I when I need to copy a script from my iPad to my Mac, I use Command C. Very cool. Yeah. Mike, take us home. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the Prompt. I hope that you've enjoyed it. I think we've had we've no matter what your tastes are, we've had something to cater for it this week. So I've been a a veritable grab bag of great topics. So I want to thank my my uh, co-hosts for being here. Federico Vitici, thank you, sir. If you want to find Federico's work online, you can find him at maxstories.net, and he is at Vitici, V-I-T-I-C-C-I on Twitter. Stephen is at 512pixels.net, and he is at ISMH on Twitter. Stephen, thank you for putting together that report this week. It was uh, really, really good. I enjoyed that a lot, so thank you. You bet. And I am iMike, I-M-Y-K-E on Twitter. Um, if you want to follow the show, we are underscore the prompt, and the show notes for this week's episode can be found at 5x5.tv slash prompt slash 32. If you enjoy the show, feel free to leave us a review in iTunes and tell your friends about how great the prompt is too, because why not? We'll be back next week for another episode of the show. Until then, bye-bye. Arrivederci. Adios.